I'm Rob Wooten. I'm pastor in residence here at Grace Covenant. Many of you know that 15 days ago, my daughter Naomi was born. Um, and uh, thank you. Um, and I, I again want to express uh, my gratefulness for the love and care of the people of this congregation. So I'm so very thankful for all of you and the support that you have shown Robin and I. And so I, I again, thank you. I'm, I'm blessed to have all of you in my life. So, um, this morning we'll be looking at Mark chapter 4. Uh, if you could go ahead and open up to that. In the Pew Bible, it's page 839. If you brought your Bible with you, um, I don't know what page is on, but turn to that. Second book of the New Testament, if you're not familiar, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Mark is writing in the first century A.D. He's giving his eyewitness account of the story of Jesus' life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. And it is history. It is historical narrative. I mean, Jesus is... I mean, Mark is telling about actual events, but it is more than just history. It is theological history. Mark makes a point of pointing out a, uh, a few things that we need to know about this person, Jesus. Um, one, he makes, he makes a, a strong point about the fact that Jesus is both God and man, that he has two natures, fully God and fully man. And he also spends a lot of time talking about the nature of the kingdom of God. Um, and it is in that context, teaching about the kingdom of God, that we find our passage this morning, Mark chapter 4. We'll be looking at verses 21 through 25. It's a familiar passage. Many of you, if not all of you, have sung the song, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So my hope, though, is that as we look at this passage, that you think differently about that little song. Um, uh, my hope is that it'll be this. This will be a challenge for us. Uh, that it'll be convicting for all of us, me included. My hope is that it'll be a comfort as well. Um, so let's look now to Mark chapter four, verse twenty-one. And he said to them, that being Jesus to the disciples, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket, or under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Please pray with me. Jesus This is your word. You promised to teach through it. Open hearts, open minds, open our ears so that we may hear the conviction that we need and the comfort that we need from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, since this is such a familiar passage, don't hide your lamp, don't hide your light under a basket, I think it's important to talk about some potentially bad readings or or, or ways that this passage has been used that isn't particularly helpful. Often this passage, is, the message can be, go and be a light. 
Go and be a better light. Go and be a, a good light. Here's how you can be a better light. And, and this could do one of two things to us. We could leave with that message of go and be a better light to the world. And then we could um, be excited because look how great I did at being a light to the world. I am the light to the world. It could, it could well up pride within us. Or, or we could leave with that message of go and be a better light. And we could then think, man, I stink at sharing my faith. I am just, I, I'm no good at this. I'm a terrible Christian. I don't want to be a light to the world. I, I, don't even, I don't even see much light in my own life. And, then that, and so that can lead us to a places of shame and even despair. And, and what I want for us to see this morning is that this passage is not about sharing your faith. That is not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is not saying, go and be a better light. Go and be a light. We'll talk more about that in a second. That is not what he's saying here. It does have significant implications on how we share our faith. It does have significant implications on how we live in this world. But that is not what Jesus is teaching when he says... For it is a lamp brought to be put under a basket. Let's look at what Jesus said in verse 21. Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? It's a rhetorical question, of course. You know, Jesus is asking, saying something that we all know. Of course, no one, no one brings a light into a room. And, and again, think first century A.D. And we have an oil lamp and that's your light. You can't walk in and flick the switch on, you have a lamp, a little lamp, a little oil lamp, you bring it into a room, you want it to illuminate things, and so you put it on a stand in the middle of the room so it can illuminate. That's, of course, that makes complete sense. Everybody understands that. You don't bring a light in to hide. To, you don't bring a light in to, and conceal it. Unless, of course, you're a thief. If you're a thief, you do bring in a light and you hide it, and you conceal it, so only you can see. So only you can see what you want, and, only can, and you can see what to get. But if you're not a thief, you bring a light in, and you make sure it illuminates everything. We understand that, and we understand that when Jesus is talking here, he's talking about bringing this light, and, and that light is Jesus. This, this comes in the context of of Jesus teaching on parables of the kingdom of God, and he has just taught the parable of the sower about the seed that's scattered, the seed that's sown on the path, on the rocky ground, amongst the thorns, and then on good soil. And that seed is the word of God. That seed is, in fact, Jesus. That Jesus is the one who does the work. It's all his work. We see in the context of this passage that it's all his work. It's all what Jesus does. Jesus is the one who scatters the seed. Jesus is the one who waters the soil. Jesus is the one who tends to this little shoot that springs up out of the ground seeking for the light of the sun. And it's a great metaphor of Jesus' work. Jesus is the one doing this work. Jesus is the one who brings the light into the room. And so we don't want to hide that light. This is Jesus' work, and so we understand that that light, that light is, is Jesus. 
It's his hope. It's his peace. It's his joy. It's his forgiveness that he brings into our lives. So the light that's brought into the room, and the room is our hearts. And so Jesus brings that light into our hearts, into our gut even, the very center of our being. Jesus brings that into our lives. He brings his light, his peace, his hope. He brings that into our lives. And, and, and that makes sense. We understand that you don't have to be a Christian for very long to have heard this idea that Jesus is the one who brings the light into our lives. But why does he say this then? If it's straightforward, why does he, why does he say? Why, why would he say to his disciples, no one brings a light into a room to hide it? Why would he have to say that? He needs to say that because that's our tendency. That's our temptation. That's what we all face. We all want to hide. We all want to hide because we're afraid of being exposed. We're afraid that something that we've done or who we are or our insufficiencies will make people think less of us, and so we hide. It's the story of when sin entered the world. If you look back at creation, Adam and Eve together naked without shame, and then they decided to go their own way. They decided to do what they wanted to do. And so what's the very first thing they did? They hid from each other. They made clothing to cover themselves. And then they hid in the garden. The very first thing that they were tempted to do when sin entered the picture was to hide. And so Jesus is telling us, don't hide. That's what he's saying. He says, don't don't hide the light that I've given you. Because if you are a Christian, you are the light of the world. Jesus tells us that in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world. In Acts, he tells his disciples, you will be my witnesses. You are, you will be. This is who you are as a Christian. If you have bent your knee to him, you call him Savior, you call him Lord, then that is who you are. It is what it means to be a Christian, is to be his light, to be his witness. Now, if you're not a Christian this morning, if you're here because you want to see more of why, why people would show up on a Sunday morning to look at who Jesus is, if, if you're not a Christian this morning, my hope is that you will get a sense of, of why we are... We, Christians do tend to care so much about sharing their faith. And I hope even more that you'll see the light of Jesus. You'll see the light that he brings into the darkness of our lives. And if you are Christian, I hope that you'll see the light that Jesus brings into the darkness of our lives. The message is the same for both of us, that Jesus is the light. You know, we understand this need to hide, but we also we also understand this, this desire, this compelling feeling that we have to share good things in our lives. If you've been around church, been around Christianity for long, you've probably heard someone talk about evangelism in light of uh, sharing something that you're excited about. It's all a good movie. You want to tell somebody about it, right? If you have a baby, you want to post a billion pictures of, of that baby on Facebook. And, you know... If you have a friend or pastor who's posting a big picture of the baby on Facebook, you'll cut him a little slack because 
They're excited. They're excited about sharing something that's good and right. And we want to do that. And what's interesting about Facebook, it is, it is, uh, it is a great picture of our longing to share and our desire to hide. Because we can do that in the exact same post. In the exact same post, I can share and I can hide. Because I can share a picture of Naomi laughing in her sleep. And I want you to see that because it's beautiful and it's wonderful and everybody loves it. You know, babies are great. But I'm hiding. I'm hiding the fact that having a newborn is hard. It's, it's hard. And it, parents, you know that. You're up in the middle of the night. I'm 3 o'clock in the morning holding my daughter, and she won't stop screaming. You know, and, and it's like, I can't. What are, how, do I, how do I make it through? We hide and we share at the same time. And if you're not on Facebook, you know this to be true in your own life. I mean, Facebook is a great example. I mean, the social media is driven on this need to share and to hide at the same time, and it's, that's why it's taken off. But if you're not on social media... You know this too. I am an expert at sharing just enough. I will tell you enough about my life, my struggles, my sins to make you say, and people have said this to me many times, thank you for being so vulnerable. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if only you knew. Because I'm holding back that peace that I think if you did find out about this, you would think far less of me. Um, so we know, we know what it's like to hide. We know that we want to share. And so how do we make sense? How do we move forward in this? Let's look at verse 22. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. And this is a verse that that really struck me and, and why I'm preaching on this this morning. Uh, this is a well-known parable. Uh, it's in the middle of several other well-known parables. And, and it's easy to read past this. And, and I got to this verse, and it was, it was striking. Why, why is Jesus talking about hiding and secrets? And, and, and we've talked a little bit about that. And it, and it sounds, a little bit, sounds a little bit like a... Um, a uh, I was up late last night with my daughter. What am, <laughs> what am I talking about? All right. Um, it, it sounds, I still can't remember the word. Uh, proverb. It sounds kind of proverbial. It is kind of a proverbial saying. You know? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. It is something that deserves to be meditated upon. We, we, it, it deserves our time to think, what, is, what are the implications for this in my life, in my faith? What does it mean? But it also, at the same time, has a very clear meaning. It, it, it's pretty simple. Think about um, kids. You play hide-and-seek. Surely you play hide No? Somebody's played hide-and-seek. Thank you. So you play hide-and-seek. What's the best part about hide-and-seek? It's finding them, you know. Ah, I found you. you know? or, or you have a present for a loved one and you've kept it secret for a long time and then you're waiting for that perfect moment to reveal it to them. 
And so it comes into the light and, they, and they're excited because they saw it. There, we, we love keeping secrets. And what's the best part about a secret? It's telling it to somebody. It's getting to say, hey. And that's why gossip's so prevalent. It makes sense. These, this statement makes sense. Nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. And you may think, I'm going to go to my grave with this thought. Go to my grave with a secret. I'm not telling anybody. But God says that He knows knows everything. And what He's telling us here is to stop hiding and to come into the light. Robin and I have been watching um, Breaking Bad television series. Uh, some people are calling it the best television series of all time. And it is amazing for many reasons. Now, just like anything that we watch, we have to watch it with wisdom. It's why uh, we can't say to our kids, watch whatever you want, because they don't have the wisdom to be able to interact with certain things. Um, and, and it's easy for us, who have the wisdom, to forget to put on the filter that says, all right, I need to evaluate this in light of the truths of the gospel of depravity and redemption, et cetera. And so Robin and I, for the most part, have um, kept that in mind. And we've talked quite a bit about this uh, show as we've watched it. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen the show, um, it's about, it's a story of this uh, chemistry teacher, this middle-aged chemistry teacher who uh, gets lung cancer. And then um, his name is Walter White. And he, uh, he is like, how am I going to provide for my family? The bills are too high. What am I going to do? And so he decides, I'm going, to be, uh, I'm going to cook meth. I'm a chemistry teacher. I know how to, uh, I can do this. I can do it well. And so he starts cooking methamphetamines and gets involved in the whole drug industry and becomes a drug kingpin. And it's a fantastic story about the protagonist becoming the antagonist and the descent as we begin to hide and tell lies and how far it takes us down. Now, um, and, it, and it started, this is particularly interesting to me, the lies started with his wife. The wives, the lies started when he came home late from work, and she said, where have you been? He said, oh, I went for a walk, because he'd just been diagnosed with cancer, and he wanted to, you know, he said, I went for a walk because... I just wanted to think through life, etc. And the lie started with his, with his wife. Um, and, and so he started to hide. And, his, and the descent into the worst depravity of mankind. I'm not worried about any of you um, going to start cooking meth. Um, if, if, if I should be, you can talk to me. I won't judge you. Um, I'm, you know, I'm happy to help you with that, but I'm not worried about you becoming uh, a drug kingpin. But I will say that every one of, the, one of us, every day, feels the temptation to hide something from the people that we're closest to. So we, we have this, this temptation to hide. We have this temptation to hide from even the people that love us the most, so how do we move forward? Look with me at verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, 
let him hear. And so what Jesus is saying here is, listen, in the message, um, Eugene Peterson, is that right? Eugene Peterson, in the message, he's, his translation of the Bible, he writes, are you listening? Are you really listening? Jesus really wants you to pay attention here. In fact, that's what he says in the next verse, 24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. So he says, are you listening? Are you really listening? Pay attention. Pay attention. You're going to feel this temptation to hide. Nothing is to be hidden. Certainly not the light that I have brought into your life. Now some of you are, are right now thinking, I don't have any secrets. I, I don't hide from my spouse. I don't have nothing to, that needs to be revealed. Great. That, I mean, that really is good. That's as it should be. That, that is good. And so, but then my follow-up question is, is um, how would you characterize the light that is being shared from your life? Um, the, the evaluation question that you need to ask yourself is, when people are with me, do they experience the light of Jesus? Do they experience hope? Do they experience joy? Do they experience peace? Do they experience this light of the world? Um, and if they don't, then you need to ask, what is it that is hiding this light? Now, for, for, um, for some of us, uh, it, our, our very first initial temptation when we have a feeling of fear and anxiety is to hide it to not tell anyone. Um, and, and, th- and that's my temptation. I, I, don't, I don't want to share my fears and anxieties because if I do, then you're going to think that I'm, I'm weak and I'm foolish because I'm afraid. Uh, and, and I think this is true in, in a lot of our marriages. If you're not married, I'm going to get back to you. This does still apply to you, but I think this is particularly profound for our marriages. And when we think about a light being brought into a home, it is an important picture for us to consider how we live with our spouse, how we are revealed with our spouse. Do you share all of your fears, all of your anxieties, all of your worries? Now, I understand the argument that I'm protecting my spouse, but I don't know if I believe that argument. Because if you are one flesh, then you're facing all of these things together. You're called together to live naked without shame. Literally and figuratively, most importantly, to be completely exposed and say, this is what I'm dealing with. That's what Jesus is calling us to, is to live, to live a life that is exposed in the light. Now, if you're not married, I think the picture of, that we see in creation, of, it says that um, Adam and Eve left their parents. All right? So if you have this relationship with your parents where you can have an open emotional relationship with your parents saying, this is what I'm struggling with, this is what I'm dealing with, you can go to your mom and dad, no matter how old you are, now, maybe your mom and dad aren't safe people. And that's the reality of this broken world that we live in, is that we can't always go to them 
because we can't trust what they're going to do with our hearts. So do you have spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers whom you can go to? Or your pastor or an elder? Are you living in a way that allows the light to shine into the dark places of your life? It is a product of our Western culture. We are alone in ourselves. We're, we're to be independent and strong, and those are good things. And I'm not saying that the Western culture is worse than any other culture. There are, other cultures have their problems. One of the Western culture problems is that we are alone in our thoughts. We do not share things that are going on in our hearts and our minds with others. I say in pastoral counseling often, you do not have to tell everyone everything, and you should not. It is not safe to share everything with everyone. But you do have to have someone who knows everything, who knows everything that's going on in your life. Jesus says, um, verse 24 and 25, look with me there. He says, pay attention to what you hear. Again, he really wants us to get this. With the measure you use it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Again, it's, it's kind of this proverbial statement that we, you know, it's like, mm, let's meditate on this and make sense of it. But, and, and we should, but it also is, is fairly straightforward. No, it's, uh, it's the idea of exercise. If you use it, you'll get more of it. If you don't, you'll lose it. We also see the same thing in our relationships. And I'm going to go um, to marriage again because I think it's a good illustration for this. And I think it's a place where we need to start with this. Uh, say for, for, like for example, I um, might go to Robin and say... Um, I'm feeling particularly anxious about my future. And that's, that's true. I'm, many of you know that I'm looking to see what's next and calling and where God will have us. Um, so I, I, as I share that with her, I say, I'm feeling particularly anxious about our future. And there's a couple of things that happen when I do that. When I do that, one, I've brought it into the light. I've allowed the light to come into that anxiety because I said it out loud and I said it to someone else. And then... And then when I do that, I can see it for what it is. And I say, I'm afraid of my future. I'm afraid for what God's going to do. I don't trust God. God knows that. I can begin to then preach the gospel to myself in light of what I've said. Because I've brought it out loud. And Robin can do the same for me. And she can express her anxieties and fears of it as well. And so that light... By bringing things into the light, by allowing the light to be a part of our marriage, we get more of the light because we share it with each other. Um, and I do have a couple of caveats about this. Um, if you've been hiding for a long time, if there's something in your life that you have hidden from those closest to you, 
that you don't dare breathe a word of and you certainly don't want to think about. Uh, coming into the light can be very difficult and painful. Um, and, and it's going to require some help. It's going to require help from people that you can trust. Um, people that have experience doing this. And that's, that's the work of pastors and elders, is to help people bring people into the light, to bring them into the light of Jesus. And so if that's, if that's you, uh, let us help you. Let us help you come into the light. And, and when appropriate, we'll help you as you share that with a spouse, a parent, a friend. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to take that risk? Why go through the effort of sharing with your friends, those you're closest to, what you're struggling with? Why risk being exposed like that? Let's look again at verse 25. For the one who has, the more will be given. The reason why, why you want to do this, so that you can have more of the light and the hope and the peace of Jesus in your life. So light can be shown into the dark places. So light can go in and heal. So light then can be shared. So you can share that light and that hope and that peace with others. Think about it like this. You're walking down the street at night and you see a house and you see someone inside with a flashlight. You just see a flashlight. No other light. You just see a flashlight inside the house. Hits a wall, glances off the window, catches your attention. That is not a house that you want to go up and knock on the door of. You might even want to get your phone out and call the police. Right? That's a, that's a picture of what we do when we hide from, from people. Is we become that thief. We are the thief who's stealing the light in our homes, in our relationships. What if you walk up, you're walking down the street, and you see a house full of light and warmth, and the porch light's on, and, and the door's open, and that's a light you want to walk up to. That's a house you want to walk up to. That's a light that's inviting you to come and, and to, to share in that light. And that's a picture of what Jesus is talking about here. That's the picture he uses. But you're not going to experience that warmth. You're not going to share that warmth. You're not going to have more of that warmth. If you're hiding if you're the thief with the flashlight. Even what he has will be taken away. What will happen if we hide is we will lose even the light that Jesus gives us. So what? So what do you do? You go home. Go back to the way things were. Continue to hide from your spouse. Continue to hide from your roommates, your parents, those that are closest to you. What I'd like for you to do 
is to take the risk of sharing even the smallest thing. You get back to your roommate and you say, it could be even something really small. I'm really worried about this test coming up. And that could be the start of bringing light into that relationship. Because you're, you're bringing light into your life, you're bringing light into theirs. You get home, you get in bed tonight, you turn to your wife, and you say, I'm really anxious about how we're going to pay all the bills this month. And, and those are the beginnings of bringing light. And maybe even it emboldens you to share more so that you can have more, more of that light, more of that hope, more of that peace, the light and hope and peace of Jesus. Let's pray together. Jesus, we, we need more light in our lives. So much is darkness. We see it so often. We're afraid of the dark. We're afraid of the darkness in our lives, in our friends' lives, in even our, our spouse's life. We're afraid of that darkness, but you're not. You've given us your very self. Come, Jesus. Come shine light in our lives. Keep us from hiding. In Jesus' name, amen.